Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to bring back one of my favorite guests. Hopefully the other guests aren't watching and listening today, but one of my absolute favorite guests, who I think was actually one of my very first guests on the Tracy Sandler show, the incredible Cam Inman. Cam, welcome back to the show. Tracy, welcome to the Cam Inman show. (laughs) (laughs) It basically is the Cam Inman show because I think you've been on like three or four times. So it basically is the Tracy and Cam show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so lucky. I've had the pleasure of seeing you pretty much every day the last couple of weeks. Uh, This may be the first day in two weeks that we're not in the same place. So I'm glad that we can talk some 49ers football today. Training camp officially over. Preseason has begun. The 49ers take on the Green Bay Packers in what promises to be a barn burner at Levi's Stadium Friday night. Uh, We're not going to preview the game because it's a preseason game and nobody cares. But there are things to look for in this game that I think are very important. I think we should start with the quarterback because that's all anybody ever talks about anyway. There are other things I want to discuss, but let's start with the quarterback. Trey Lance, we saw over the last couple weeks, up and down. Not super surprising to me. I feel like it's going to be up and down for a while. Uh, We saw him have probably his worst practice of camp on Sunday, his best practice of camp on Tuesday. And then Wednesday was like, "Mm." for those of you who aren't watching, "Mm," it's like my hands going up and down. So Kyle Shanahan said the plan is for Trey to play a little bit in game one. So how much time do you think we're going to see? And is there a way to tell fans not to overreact on the probably one to two series he plays? No, it's all, that's all, it's all about overreacting because we've been waiting (laughs) what eight months to see him on a field again and Mm -hmm. well people that aren't at practice we'll just see him in a game action because last time he played was against the houston texans in the home finale which he won Mm -hmm. which he threw a 45 yard touchdown pass to debo samuel to clinch things um so i think everybody's going to overreact and you're right the whole training camp has been and i'll use my hands to show like an ocean wave (laughs) it's it's been up and down (laughs) Um, there haven't been any Maverick size wipeouts. There have not mm-hmm. been um, any sensational long bomb connections where you go, Ooh, look at that. I mean, he's gone deep a lot, often to, to Debo Samuel and is unable to, they're, they're falling incomplete. And it's just like, well, at some point they're going to hit. But what it shows me is they are going to use all the boundaries of a football field that they couldn't use with Jimmy Garoppolo because he has arm strength to get it outside the numbers, to go downfield. And then when that's not working, because I still think this is going to be a run-oriented offense, and even more mm-hmm. so because Trey can run with the ball, and there will be mm-hmm. design runs. There's just There won't be 10 design runs a game or 14, whatever it was, against Arizona. Um, but he can run, and that's why they wanted him. That's why they drafted him. And uh, people shouldn't overreact when he runs either saying he's going to be the next Kaepernick. He's so different than Colin Kaepernick was as a quarterback. Um, even just the way he runs is different than cap cap was more straight line. Trey's got a lot more wiggle and, um, he just slides, uh, just more gracefully, I'd say through things, whereas cap was kind of a violent straight ahead runner, um, and a violent straight ahead thrower, whereas Trey's got some touch and mm-hmm. it's been fun to watch. I mean, it's going to be, 
um, a show. Uh, you know, we see it in practice every day where you go, wow, it's really he's on. And then it's, whoa, where's that going? So it's, there's going to be a lot of that. So how many series do you predict? This is <laughs> prediction time. How many series do you predict he plays on Friday night? I'd say, obviously, yeah, I'll, I'll go two series unless the first series is like a 12 play touchdown drive that covers 80 yards. Cause then you go, okay, okay the fans saw enough of him. Let's get him out, get him healthy. And it's made Sudfeld time. I, I, there, there's a balance here, right? Cause he needs the reps. Mm-hmm. He needs any rep he, he can get, but Kyle Shanahan tipped his hand the other day saying he despises exhibition games. There's no reason to play him. He wishes they were joint practices. So same, same, by the way, same, yeah, same. Well, right. Which is what, <laughs> and there's only three preseason games, but with the, with the joint practices looming in Minnesota, it's like, well, that's what your, that's what your real goal is. This exhibition or preseason is to get there. So give fans a little taste of their money and what's, what's coming with Trey. You're not going to unveil all these great plays with them. Probably not going to have them run at all. I'm going to have them hand off mm-hmm. three times, maybe throw once to a Ross Dwelly or a backup tight end and then get out of there. Um, that's what I would think, Tracy. What do you think? I agree with that. And I also was going to say, I don't think we're going to see him wrong. We're not going to see design runs. The last thing this team wants is Trey Lance to get hurt. And then they cannot trade Jimmy Garoppolo because that is or release Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, by the way, I don't think we've seen Trey Lance slide yet. You know, and that's one of the things with running quarterbacks. When, once they take their first hit, the first question the press conference would be, have you guys taught him how to slide? Because he really looks mm-hmm. like he needs to. When Jimmy Garoppolo blew out his knee in Kansas City, he wasn't thinking about sliding. He was thinking about scoring a touchdown. And then a cornerback came and sideswiped him and uh, just as his knee was getting blown out. So that's coming. That's a familiar storyline. Jeff Garcia had dealt with it, too, when he was on the Niners and uh, a little bit of cap. So, Well, I think we saw that in the Arizona game, because there was that one game where he was close to the, well, that he only started the two. So yeah. there was the, the first game he started where he was close to the goal line and he could have slid and he did uh, kind of run into anybody to somebody. And he did get hurt. I believe as he did well, get hurt on that play. He got, it was a fourth and one play from the one yard line. And it was supposed to be a pass. And he took off running for the right pylon. And, um, is it Isaiah Simmons with a Cardinal yes. linebacker drilled him at the goal line to keep him out. And it's like, Oh, there goes the whole franchise in one first start, but mm-hmm. he bounced back. He sprained a knee, I guess, later on. But um, I guess that's the other thing is he's made it through camp relatively healthy that we know of. There's no arm fatigue necessarily <laughs> that we can see. The body looks okay. And he's got a long way to go here. I mean, it's you got three preseason games and then 17 regular season games, although he may not play the second preseason game. I don't know. I mean, it's, it was interesting that Kyle kind of ruled that out mm-hmm. already. So, Well, it, it didn't totally surprise me that he ruled it out just because of the joint practices. Right. And I think he feels like it is an interesting balance, though. I think with Trey, it's an interesting balance just because, like you said, he does need the reps. He is essentially a rookie quarterback, but they just can't afford to take a chance because, like I said before, the worst case scenario is he gets hurt and they can't trade or release Jimmy Garoppolo, that he gets hurt bad enough that they're like, well, now we need, we do need to have Jimmy. That's a storyline that I don't think anybody wants. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out for tomorrow. Sorry. I have a question for you. Please. Because somebody brought up a good question for me the other day of what was the best thing that Trey Lance learned from Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, that's a very, that is a very good question. Cause like they didn't, he didn't, he never really talked about it or he has never really said it, but no, he just says, 
I have my theory. What's your theory? I actually think he learned, and this is no disrespect to Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'm going to start with that. I think he learned how to be very different than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's very, and and they have different styles, and they're different styles of leadership and different styles of camaraderie. And so Jimmy was very, very well liked in the locker Mm -hmm. room. There is no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. He was really beloved. I think Trey's also beloved, but he's different. You know, he shares every one of his teammates' posts on Mm -hmm. social media he shares in his Instagram story. Right. He's, we talked to him a couple weeks ago and he'd had a touchdown pass to Marcus Johnson, I believe mm-hmm. is who it was too. Mm-hmm. And he took no credit for it. And Jimmy was like that too. So I think yep. he also learned that, but he's a little more forthcoming. He's a little more, I don't know what the he's word to, is. He's that willing I, to be the lead man more. He's willing he's... to be the lead man more. And I think he learned in some ways learned that from Jimmy Garoppolo if that makes sense. And I, yeah, because I think my answer is that what, what did Jimmy do best? And that was kind of what you alluded to. He had his teammates trust. Mm-hmm. And when Trey's replacing a guy like that, you can't be phony. You have to be encouraging. You have to be supportive. So I think he took away just watching how Jimmy interacted with guys and just became one of the guys, but somebody that, you know, had their back. And that's exactly what Trey, it's natural for Trey. So I, that's kind of what mm-hmm. I see. The other thing that I think he learned from Jimmy Garoppolo that I think is interesting that his teammates talk about that they used to say about Jimmy too, is that he's the same person. I know it is a little cliche, but he's the same person, whether he just threw an interception or he just threw a touchdown pass. And of course, we haven't really seen that yet. Right. In game sense. It'll see right. how that goes throughout the season, yeah. but it's something that they always said about Jimmy and Kyle always said about Jimmy. And they all say that about Trey and I wonder if that's something he he learned as well. That could just be naturally who he is, but I do find it interesting. Yeah, was it Kyle Yuschek that brought up the um, when he bought into Trey Lance was when he threw a touchdown pass and said, "Okay, now that's off my back." And it's like that's off his back, but we barely have seen any touchdown passes in <laughs> through twelve training camp practices. Not like because they stopped the field like the first week of the, of the of training camp, they didn't let the teams go past midfield. So right. Um, they just kind of wanted to keep that possibility of throwing it deep out there, but there haven't been many touchdowns, which I think might be a little concerning. I don't know. I mean, if it was me, I would line up on the 20 yard line for like four straight days and just work on my fade passes. I'd work on throwing it to George Kittle. I'd want to get more red zone uh, efficiency rather than just throw the rookie out there and say, okay, when that pass isn't there, then you're going to run. Well, it's interesting because I think at least from the time I've been covering the team, it's the least amount of move the ball that I've seen in training camp Mm -hmm. and the least about amount of red zone that I've seen in training camp, which was interesting. And that could happen when they go behind the curtain, uh, the two weeks before the regular season, once they kick our wonderful eyes out of the practice facility. Well, they, and there's also fans there. And I think there's recording. I don't know if you've noticed <laughs> recording and I don't know if you've noticed NFL teams, they're a little paranoid about yeah. who's recording what. So even when the, the signs are up and everyone's saw those signs, no photos or videos, you can't control that. So you have fans recording stuff. And I think with Trey, I mean, I have a feeling that Kyle has a number of tricks up his sleeve when it comes to Trey, we can call him Trey tricks. We, if we want to start getting Trey. that going now, we can. Yeah. Trey tricks. We could totally get that trending. That's but what the name I, of this yeah. podcast was going to be, wasn't it? <laughs> Trey, right. Cause Trey, it's so funny. Whenever someone says, sometimes when someone says Trey sermon, the beginning of it, I'm like, yeah, cause it sounds like Tracy, 
Trey area. Um, Trey, yeah, I'm gonna have to start doing a poll. Who's your favorite Trey? <laughs> Lancer, yeah. Lancer, Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it'll be interesting to see in actual game time, like when they play the Bears in Week One. Yeah, that's when we're gonna get yeah, a real I mean, this, idea. This, so this preseason opener against the Packers, we're not gonna have the snow of Lambeau Field or a blocked punt or return for a touchdown. No. Uh, euphoria. We're gonna have. Uh, D, nice to see you guys again. Oh, there's number five. Look at him. Oh, he looks uh-huh. like a quarterback. That's really cool. Okay, uh, let's go get another thirty dollar beer. Yep, and there's there's Nate Sudfeld, and now it's Brock Purdy time. Who, by the way, I just want to give Brock Purdy a little credit on Wednesday through a couple of very nice passes. Hey, he and I have a connection. I don't know if he saw that at practice, you know, last weekend. Yes. Well, he threw one really beautiful pass to one Cam Inman, and you did a great job catching that and saving the life of our colleague, Jennifer Lee Chan. Yeah, yeah. She was like a little bump coverage. I like spread her off, and then I was right there. I brought it. I didn't high point it. I kind of let it come into the chest. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Could have been a disaster, you know. You don't want to start the season getting one in the nose and just, you know, showing up the next day and not going on the Tracy Sandler show because you have to wear sunglasses like general managers that fall off their bikes, but it's all good. (laughs) This would have been an audio only. Actually, my last few have been audio only. And I will be very honest that they've been audio only just because I have not been able to get myself ready. I've had too much going on where I'm like, this is going to have to be audio only. But today we got to do video. So luckily you didn't get hit in the nose with football. Yeah. Uh, and the people get to see. I did get hit face. in the nose with a football once when Alex Smith threw the ball out of bounds in a practice. Oh, did, but but one of the other one of the other riders face guarded me, so I couldn't see the ball coming in. Oh wow, yeah, that sounds scary. I mean, I get scared. I'm like this at a baseball game. Someone hits a foul ball, no matter where it is in the stadium, I just duck and hope for the best. And that's kind of like what I'm like on the practice field. Well, unless it's your guy Cody Bellinger, then you would just you would be fine getting hit by him, so you could get it autographed and. That's probably true because I do love Cody. It's so funny. It is Friday too. And we do Cody corner. So I'm glad you brought him Aww, up, but we'll do that, <laughs> we'll do so that later. He's oh yeah. Cody corner. It's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his week has not been as amazing as his weekend, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. You did bring one up. One other Trey Lance thing that I wanted to touch on before we, we move on to other, there are other parts of this team though. You wouldn't know it, but there are other parts of this team. Absolutely. You brought up, he got out at the moment, relatively healthy. And I think that actually is worth discussing because last year at the end of preseason, he did get hurt. Mm-hmm. He started the Arizona game, Arizona. He did get hurt. And so I felt there was maybe was a little concern on the health standpoint, which is one of the reasons they moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think it's actually worth just mentioning that he did get out healthy and that's a big deal. Yeah. And because, and it's funny, the revisionist history that we're hearing now, because he broke that finger in the preseason finale and Trey talked about this, what, back in April or May when we talked Mm -hmm. in spring and he said that messed up his throwing mechanics his rookie year. And it's like, Oh, Okay, so had it not messed up the throwing mechanics, would he have been rushed back into action in place of Jimmy Moore? And we're, it's it's that like storyline starting to emerge a little bit, saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. we had faith in him all last year." There was just this little injury health issue that we had to take care of, and I mean, it's football. He's going to get hurt. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Like, so they're wearing these concussion guardian caps, uh, cushioned caps, mm-hmm. and it was it was uh, everybody saying how great they are not necessarily to protect players' heads, but to protect quarterbacks' fingers. <laughs> uh-huh. Which yeah. I think is kind of funny that that's what everyone has basically talked right? about when they've been asked about it. Um, yeah. 
your our colleague Jerry McDonald's been asking asking about it, and he and everybody's response is basically like it's great that quarterbacks aren't breaking fingers, right? Well, which is interesting. And I guess that's very important because say Trey Lance does get injured, then it becomes the Nate Sudfeld show, and everybody's going to be going, wait a minute, where's Jimmy now? Is Jimmy still around? Is Jimmy is Jimmy around? Uh, <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy I did not see Jimmy Garoppolo at practice the other day, by the way, I was wondering if something, something every time I, I'm just like, we're all on alert for the last like nine months. When, when is mm-hmm. Jimmy moving? And uh, whenever Kyle's late, two minutes late to a press conference, is Jimmy being traded? <laughs> where's where's Jimmy mean, going? Yeah. I mean, what's he, what's, what's going on? So I, you're just waiting for another quarterback to get hurt. I mean, this is, this could be a big weekend. Okay. Because yeah, a quarterback could get hurt somewhere else tom brady is away from the buccaneers this week what what's go, there's always mystery and intrigue about nfl quarterbacks and mm-hmm. the niners know this and so they can they can just wait it out like another two weeks and find out mm-hmm. you know okay is anything going on all right nothing's going on fine we'll release you but in the process there's no harm right now to their salary cap there's no harm mm-hmm. to jimmy's ego um jimmy seemed very content the couple times i've run into him and talked to him so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's very interesting, though. Yep. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's, it does feel very bizarre in those first couple days where we would see him out there and he'd run by us and be like, hey, Cam. Hey, Tracy. Oh. <laughs> he's just, he's so nice. And, but to them, it like, doesn't seem bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, to them, it doesn't seem bizarre. That one day of practice where he was on, on the, the pra- actually throwing on the field, yes. and then they started warm ups and he was still on the field. Yeah. I was like, is he going to go join warm ups? That would be amazing. <laughs> then we'd like be able the, to film it. It was film the catwalk. <laughs> here was your fashion yes. model out here showing it off for all the fans. And then he went back behind the curtain and it's like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, all right, that's fine. You know, get some video of him, let everybody know he's still around. So, but here's what I'll say to bring it back to this team. I don't think it's a distraction whatsoever because a lot of people say, oh, you you can't do it. Last year, you know, having both of them on the team, Steve Young's like, that's not going to work. You can't have that. It's going to be, and Steve's the one that's gone through it more than anybody in the NFL history Mm -hmm. being with Joe. And it worked. It worked fine. It did. uh, Although Jimmy said after the season that he wouldn't wish that on anybody because it was so awkward. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. From the from our perspective, it didn't seem as awkward. They covered up quite well whatever uh, awkwardness there was. But I mean, it's I, I I do like the fact that they've gone forward to the Trey Lance's team. The Trey Lance era has begun. Uh, they have to do that. This is they've mortgaged they their do. future on it. And if this bombs, uh, you're going to be looking at a new coach in three years and a new quarterback in three years, right? I mean, Trey mm-hmm. will have three seasons to prove himself because of how high he was. Uh, drafted and Shanahan will be with them every step of the way. Yeah, it's it, I mean it's interesting that Shanahan's legacy with this team is dependent on this 22-year court 22 Yeah, I mean everybody's going to look back and say, "Well, he took a team that started 0 and 9, that was terrible. 
And he brought him to two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. Then he gambled and went for this new wave quarterback, and that didn't work out. Or else, and look at this—he had the magic touch with this guy too. So, you know, I, I think his legacy is pretty secure. I I have really enjoyed covering him. I've covered a lot of yeah. Niners coaches in my 20 years or plus covering this team. And Kyle's very transparent. At least it's like to a certain extent. Um, He's friendly. He relates well with mm-hmm. the players, but he's also really demanding. You can tell, and he's extremely mm-hmm. smart. And <clears throat> I think the only matter that I just am curious about is—is is it just—is he snake bit in fourth quarters of big games? And it's not him. Yeah. It's it's the whole team. It's like they need to get over that fourth quarter hump. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a reflection of him. It's just that stigma is going to be attached to him. It's. I agree with you. It's not a reflection of him, but. You, at a certain point, does it become, and not necessarily of him, but of the team, yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy? I mean, you see, you saw Joukowsky Tart drop mm. that very easy interception, and there's things happen, but it, at a certain point, does it become like this like self-fulfilling prophecy? Okay, we have to get out of the fourth quarter. At some point, we have to hold on to a 10-point fourth quarter lead. I, I We'll see if that happens well, but yeah point. so in training camp every day they just skip to the fourth quarter and that's all they've been <laughs> that's all they do going hey, forward. we don't need that's this like weird. install stuff let's get to the fourth quarter okay here comes a Matthew the Matthew Stafford Mike Silver call it a meatball here comes a Stafford yeah. meatball get it and, but I do you know what I think for Kyle of course it's got to be on his mind uh but I agree with you I really enjoy covering him as well granted the only coach I covered before Kyle was Chip Kelly which was a very different experience, but um, every coach, really like every coach that. is, has their own unique style. Uh, mm-hmm. There hasn't been one where I hated um, the most challenging and the most fascinating one is now coaching at your alma mater at the university of Michigan. Um, Go that, blue. that was amazing covering him. Uh, Mary Uchi was great when I first started because he would like, he, tr- Steve never tried to take things too seriously. It was a very serious mm-hmm. time. They had new ownership uh, he had a diva wide receiver that was always fighting with him. Um, he had a lot of, he was, ta- he had taken over this franchise that was desperately trying to cling on to their uh, Super Bowl contention. Um, but he was very open like that. In those days, Tracy, we could be out at like, it's like a practice right now in training camp where we're out mm-hmm. there for two hours, hour and a half, mm-hmm. a little bit more free reign to go talk to assistant player or assistant coaches and players as they came off the field, anybody you wanted. Um, but that's cause that's where you really learn. You learn about the game. Doesn't mean you're writing everything or recording everything. I guess that's kind of one of the issues with our society now is you can record and video and um, yeah, pre social media. Everything's on the record. Whereas if if you can get these guys off to the side, that's why locker room is so important that we got to go back in at the season. So we can Mm -hmm. learn stuff to relay to readers and viewers and listeners of the Tracy Sandler podcast better. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I think, we, we get a little bit of it. Like last week, we got to talk to the assistant coaches, but you're still recording everything and everything is on the record. And But you th- that day, I can love that day because that is really did. where you get. I'm sorry. You did not love it or you loved it? No, I do. I, I do love it just because you do get a little more time. You, yeah. know, you just you get a little more time. And for instance, I got to sit with Leonard Hankerson and mm-hmm. I was the only one with him. And yeah, I sat sure. with him for like 10 minutes yeah. and we just talked and I'm not going to write everything he said, but it gave me so much for the season about his wife. And we went like guy by guy and it was okay. so helpful. And good. so I have that and that's a good thing to have. And I think it would be cooler if we had more off the record time like that. Cause you get to build more trust and you get to learn more, but 
at least we get a little bit. But as you mentioned, we get the locker room back when, when the season starts, and that is going to be just you know, a the, literal game changer. The uh, one of the, the one assistant that I was kind of surprised at. I don't know if I've really had an in-depth conversation with him over the six years, but he's one of the longest tenure guys on staff, and it's Daniel Bullock's their safety coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be head coach in a few years. He has okay. a really good demeanor, and he's sharp. And then I was watching him on the practice field, and I'm like, yeah, he's going to be a rising star, right? Because if mm-hmm. D'Amico leaves in a couple of years, and whether Bullock's, I don't know if he's ready for a DC, but he's he's going to go places. It's kind of cool. That's why, like, that's why they have mm-hmm. those availabilities and stuff. You find the guys that you can see that ambition in their eyes, or maybe a Kosarek who's absolutely perfect at his job as a defensive line coordinator. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Tom Sula was, and they kind of pigeonholed him into this head coaching role, which was not him. Uh, no. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned this is, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little a transition. Let's see how I do on this. Okay. Yeah. Here's how we, let's see how we do guys. Okay. We talked about Trey Lance getting through training camp healthy. You mentioned Jim Harbaugh. Two people who have not got out of training camp healthy are Chivarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. Which means we saw a lot of, you see, this is where the transition is like here. Diamador Lenore. We saw a lot of other people, but I'm specifically interested in talking about Diamador Lenore and University of Michigan alum, Ambry Thomas. You see what I did there? I, it wasn't like the most smooth, but I did try to bring you it all know, back. If, if you're going to use like your bias, you could have said like, you know, Southern California product or Los Angeles area product, Diamador Lenore and University of Michigan product. You're right. So we'll start that over. So we, you bring up a really no. good point. No, I mean, that's to me, that is going to be one of the big aspects of this preseason is how are these, uh, they're supposedly so much deeper and better at cornerback than last year when they were bringing in these aging veterans of Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick and everything. Everybody was hurt. Jason Brett's gone in the first game of the season. So training camp starts and Traverius Ward looks amazing. He's mm-hmm. he's all over these wide receivers, making plays, absolutely what you paid for. And then Emmanuel Mosley is having a really good camp, and everybody's saying, don't forget about Mosley. And then, the, you know, the wild card in all this is if Jason Brett comes back, and, you know, that could be a fascinating story in a couple of weeks. Um, but I'll say the surprise cornerback of camp has been Diamador Lenore. Um, yes, it is. He has made plays. He has been in coverage. He's been involved. Um, mm-hmm. He's given up catches, um, but it, you just kind of sense that he's getting back whatever confidence he had a year ago before he was lost in the abyss of the rookiness. Mm-hmm. And then Ambry is somebody that just, it's really curious because he finished the season so strong and it was almost by default that they had to put him in because these other guys weren't playing well. And they're like, all right, mm-hmm. get him in there. He's going to learn. And he's very aggressive with his hands, and he gets a little too many penalties because he's doing that. And then he's gotten beat too many times this training camp. But he's young. He's got to learn from it, and he is, and that's what this preseason's for. And then if you slide in a new rookie uh, nickelback and Sam Womack the third out of Toledo, I believe, mm-hmm. Mudheads. Oh, that's mm-hmm. the baseball team. That is not the Mudheads, but it's Toledo. Anyhow, he's a pretty good. They brought in I mean, an outfielder, and he's been great. <laughs> and they have the with Kadar Holman has like done some stuff in practices, or he's been in the starting unit in place of these guys. And we don't know much about him. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see how they do against Jordan Love, the Packers mm-hmm. anointed Trey Lance, their Trey Lance of Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, and it's it's an important 
preseason for them. And it's important for San Francisco because Mosley is a person who has trouble staying healthy mm-hmm. and he's going into a contract year. Yeah. And if I'm the 49ers, maybe I think, okay, if, if Diameter Lenore and Ambry Thomas or one of them can emerge a little bit, then maybe we're not signing Mosley again next year, you know, cause we've got these guys. So I don't know. We'll see. But he and he does mostly does have a lot of trouble trouble staying healthy. And that yeah. hamstring issue is an issue that he had last season as well. Uh coming it, there was COVID and then hamstring and then knee. I mean, there was stuff that he was dealing yeah. with. So the hamstring issue I think is worth you know keeping an eye on. So I think for the 49ers perspective, it is also a lot of opportunity to look at these guys. And of course, that's the season will tell a lot too. But they do have a lot of depth and corner, but the question is, do they? Because yes, if Ward exactly. and Mosley are hurt and yes. Barrett can't come back full speed or he kind of can, yeah. can these guys fill in? So that to me is, is a very interesting storyline and one to certainly keep an eye on. So there's that, there's mm-hmm. that conversation. So that was something I wanted to discuss. Uh, the Michigan and me really is pulling for that Ambry Thomas, but we'll see how it all goes. Go blue. Um, I'm always very biased towards my small guys. This is not like a shock. Uh, then we have, of course, the lovely interior of the offensive line. Lovely. Which lovely, lovely, lovely. lovely. I'm going with, well, lovely. I'm with lovely, lo- the lovely interior of the offensive line. That's me being optimistic. <laughs> um, that is uh, going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, well. Huh. And that that does factor into the success of Trey Lance this year. Not entirely, but it doesn't not factor into the success of Trey Lance this year. Right. Let's let's say that. All right. Let's let's start with I think the number one question for that interior offensive line is Aaron Banks worth a, a damn. Okay. So your second round draft pick got hurt mm-hmm. in last preseason, right? He hurt his shoulder mm-hmm. or whatever and didn't play. He played five snaps as a rookie. So nobody saw him. Uh, we've seen mixed results on the practice field. Sometimes he looks mm-hmm. good. Sometimes he looks lost. Sometimes he loses his leverage. Well, it's time now to see what he can do. And he's going to be next to the best offensive lineman in the NFL. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, no matter how bad you are, Trent Williams is going to make you look better than you are. Right. Correct. Yes. <laughs> better. And the center <laughs> competition, it's, uh, I, I, to me, center is very important. I, I, you know, very important. I, I, I played the position in eighth grade, Tracy. I, so, I know, you know, you I, know the, I only like to bring people on who yeah. have true knowledge. Of I know what happens when I snap the ball over the quarterback's head and the other team recovers for back-to-back touchdowns on back-to-back snaps. It's, it's yeah, a it doesn't go play, well. <laughs> I don't, There's a reason you're covering the sport and not playing center anymore. That's, that's only because my mom didn't let me play tackle football. Oh, that, that definitely is the only reason for sure. That's it. 100%. And then because uh, we know <laughs> that I can make catches from Brock Purdy. That's true. But you still wouldn't be a center. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess Jake Brendel's the leader in the clubhouse and Brunsk, but I, and I, to me, it's almost like they were, they're like, let's let Burford take all the snaps at right guard. He needs to get coached up and he looks pretty good. And then it's like, we could always move Brunskill back in there, but can you now? Because if Brunskill, or I don't know if, if you can, if Spencer Burford looks pretty good and this kid's got a lot of charisma. Whoo, mm-hmm, he, he's mm-hmm. got the, he's got the, you know, the confidence I think you need to be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But at the same time, there's part of me going, it's just a ruse. They're letting this guy take some snaps. They know they can plug Brunskill in there because they were, you know, easing up on his workload through the offseason anyhow because he's had a knee issue. Put him back in there. He knows how to play with McGlinchey, and off and away they go. So I guess that could be the case. Um, they're just 
there's two things about this. One, they've invested a lot of, you know, day two, day three draft picks in their offense, interior offensive line, and they want to see how these guys perform. Two, and people are clamoring, oh, go get all these free agents that are out there. Look, the supply and demand of really good offensive linemen is non-existent. Okay, that's just mm-hmm. it's they're not stacking up like houses on a, on the market right now. It's just not going out there. There's nobody there. Um, so they've got to go with what they have right now and believe that uh, Chris Forrester can coach them up and that Trey Lance is mobile enough to escape the pressure that's coming his way up the up the gut. Mm-hmm. I think think you hit it on the head. Oh, if thanks. we were texting about this, I would send you the bullseye oh, emoji. Lovely. <laughs> lovely. So the lovely interior. The offensive line. Time will tell if it's indeed lovely. Stay tuned uh, on September 11th in Chicago to see if I actually think the interior of the offensive line is lovely or just not that lovely after all. Stay tuned. Though we may not really know until week three against the Broncos, but we'll see. Yeah. Those first two games are going to be a little bit, I think, easy, but we'll see. It's going to be. I think it's it's going to be interesting. It's a pretty easy schedule, isn't it? The first the, to the start off with. I mean, it is. It definitely. I mean, it it certainly is easier than they've had in a while. I think so. I mean, there's no juggernaut waiting for you. So no, other than it really isn't. You, you do have your NFC West tormentor Russell Wilson now waiting for you in Week Three, like you said. But you know, but he doesn't play defensive line. He doesn't play defensive line. He's got a new coach. <laughs> they got new ownership. There's all this other newness about him, and they're I don't I don't I'm not. I'm not ready to buy into them. I think they're, yeah, I don't know. No, it's just the Russell Wilson factor. And exactly. I mean, if, exactly. if the 49ers just, can't, I mean, it just, if they lose that game, it's just, he's going to be like their tormentor. He should just come out in pregame warmups in week three in Denver because it's a Sunday night football game. He should come uh-huh. out still eating turkey legs to remind them what he did on their football field on Thanksgiving. <laughs> just got, yeah, I still yeah. own you guys. I still got all the turkey legs. And then but I don't think anybody, up. I don't think there's a single person on this team except, I guess Jimmy Ward, who would that would really yeah. mean anything to? I think, including coaching. I mean, I think Jimmy Ward would be the only person but on that the field. People would know. People would that's know. true. People would know. <laughs> the people would know. That's a very, it's a very good point. Well, Cam, I think we've covered the main points yeah. and excitement for yeah. Friday nights. I think so. And uh, pre, I almost called it the NFC Championship, and it definitely is not. It's not. It's, we don't need. We don't need hand warmers or parkas this time around. Um, we do not. But the, it's hey, the, much nicer. There will be special teams plays to watch, just like the last time the Packers and 49ers met, because they got new special teamers that are supposed to be better. So that's true. And actually, special teams is something that probably is not getting talked about no, enough in this because nobody wants to. It's quarterback. Time. No one, yeah, because no one wants to talk about it. But as the season goes on, I actually think it will be very interesting to watch this because they have a new special teams coach. They invested in special teams. The 49ers struggled there. Yeah. It was not lovely last season. Very not lovely. So actually, as the season goes on, I think that does become something very important to watch. So but we won't worry about that today, Camp, because we got a whole big season in front of us. And if you think you're not coming back on this podcast, then you are oh, wrong. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't do regular season podcasts. I mean, that's just uh, unless yes, it's the do. Tracy Sandler show. Exactly, it is the Tracy Sandler show, and you do do regular season podcasts because I've had you on. Huh. Well, thanks <laughs> for coming on my show, Tracy. I appreciate it. It's, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. it was it was lovely. Yeah. It was absolutely lovely. And really quick with Cody Corner. I'm just going to say I continue to stand by him. He still tends to be clutch Cody. Okay, He's batting over point. 200. <laughs> and that's what I got. Also, 
May I just mention that the the uh, Dodgers have won ten in a row, three mm. straight sweeps, quite the homestand. And mm. Joe Yellow hit a home run on Wednesday, so mm. things are happening. I do think they're the best team in baseball that right now. I just need them to stick with that. But well, this that we can talk about that later. Only Not one of me, us is wearing Dodger blue right now, though. So it's... exactly, I'm shocked. You clearly like subconsciously knew where you were going today. I love it. Well, Cam, thank you so much for joining us. Tell, please tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. So, uh, Instagram, I'm at 49ers.cam on Twitter at Cam Inman. And then you can go to uh, mercurynews.com, uh, eastbaytimes.com, mainly mercurynews.com to read the stuff. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Some 95 7 the game radio and other things here and there. So, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. You follow him, follow him on the socials and you won't be able to miss a thing. Thank you. So if you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did because Cam's amazing, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by FIBO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, let's get ready for some football. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.